Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast, the heroes camp in the shadow of the enemy. Ominous. Ominously quiet. Too quiet. Too quiet. Perhaps a little too quiet. And weigh their options. You, the players, can do literally anything you want. As the surveillance begins. This is a very important piece of information you're about to get. Oh, that's it! Yes! How you use it is up to you. Oh, no. And the risk becomes real. Can't be traced back to sabotage. That's the main thing. Because then we'll go on high alert. The reality of Skier Guard sinks in. You'd say there's probably 40 to 50 human slaves here. And the plan of attack begins. So what do you, how do we want to start? The adventure continues now. Friends, family, complete and total strangers, welcome back to the Glass Cannon Podcast. I'm Joe O'Brien, and man, oh man, am I excited for what's ahead for you on this week's episode. Last week, we had a magical beast of a visitor just pop into our old campsite and reveal what's really going down in book four. We really got a glimpse of the adventure ahead, and it was so exciting to finish up that session, and then the anticipation going into this episode was just awesome. We are looking at a mission of infiltration so much more dangerous than Red Lake Fort, and uh, and I'm not worried at all because our characters are perfectly balanced for this challenge up ahead, so, so we're good. <sighs> I will let you get to the episode in one minute, but of course, as always, I just have to update you guys on a couple things really quick. One is that our good friend, friend of the show, Kayvon Edifah, is running a GCP Midwest event on March 24th at Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina. Troy mentioned this event last week, but what he didn't mention, what didn't come through until this week, is that he, Troy LaValle, is now going. That's right. If you want to meet Troy, do a little gaming, and uh, get him drunk enough to tell you the secrets of the new Starfinder podcast, Durham, North Carolina is the place. Just go to glasscannonpodcast.com and look under the events page there for more information on that event. Secondly, and then we'll get to the yep, I want to talk about the most precious resource that we have in our Giant Slayer campaign, bottle caps. 
We have been giving out collectible bottle caps to Patreon subscribers at the bottle cap tier so that you guys can use bottle caps featuring unique GCP art in your games at home. Well, I'm here to tell you that as of March, which is the one-year anniversary of the launch of our Patreon, we'll be producing an entirely new season of bottle caps for you. Bottle Cap Season 2 is coming, you guys, with all new artwork that will range from Giant Slayer to Disorganized Play to even, you guessed it, Starfinder. I cannot wait for you guys to see them. They're going to be out so soon. Get excited. All right, with that, let's get back to the action. It is the 100th week anniversary of my intro for Episode 42, so why don't we celebrate it with a full episode of the GCP? Here it is, everybody. Episode 142. I want to kick off this week's episode with a fun memory from the past. And then I want to hear from Skid and Joe and hear one of your memories. I was just thinking about this right now. Uh, We're recording on a Sunday afternoon, and I remember, like, as a kid, this would be a time when I would play when I was, like, 13. Sunday afternoon, after church, buddies would come over and we'd play a little D and D second edition. And I remember uh, the my GM at the time created this whole scenario based on the song Hotel California. So it was like a dungeon crawl through, uh, the, but the dungeon was a hotel. And I didn't know the song at the time because I I didn't know the Eagles. I, I didn't know any music like that. And so he was he would like the the guy at the desk was like you could check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. And then just disappeared. And I was like I have no idea what this is, but this is amazing. <laughs> and uh, the whole dungeon was built around that song. I wish I could replay it now that I know the song. Uh, Joe, you got any good uh, old school D and D memories? D and D. One of my favorites is, and this is not in detail of the game, which I. I don't remember that well. I don't have a great memory for like exact game sessions, but for one of my friend's birthdays when I think we were in like sixth grade maybe, we specifically around D&D, AD&D second edition, we had an adventure that was already going on and we set up his dad had like an eight man tent like, <laughs> like for like hardcore family camping and we set up this huge tent in his backyard and had like a fire pit and oh, that's played amazing. an adventure all night long. Oh like we started at, you know, seven or eight o'clock and went probably until like three in the morning outside, oh. sitting around with like uh, electric lanterns like inside the, the tent playing. It was one, one of my favorites. And still to this day, since we started playing Pathfinder again, I was like, I just want to get all my adult buddies to a campsite <laughs> in the Catskills <laughs> and play D&D all night long. The closest we got to that was the retreat in Cape Cod. That felt kind of yeah. like, yeah. we just going to play all night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we drank ourselves out of the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally that did. didn't happen in sixth grade. <laughs> right. <laughs> you were just drinking Cokes. A little too much fun dip, maybe. <laughs> But that's about it. Uh, Skid, I'm sure you have a plethora of uh, classic memories from your attic days. What oh, sure. Yeah, I remember, uh, like you, playing on uh, Sunday afternoons. And like you, our afternoons started at 11 a.m., which is when we're playing right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was actually thinking in the shower this morning, what we did in the attic, like there was a, there was a floorboard that was missing for some reason. And uh, so we decided to, it's like, let's get some beer. And we like we we hollowed out this area under the floorboard. We hit our beer in there. So I remember it was uh, it was Miller Miller Gold 
Was it? Was it? Is gold? Good. Genuine draft. <laughs> Miller genuine draft gold. It, it was this big brand at that time in like the mid eighties. MGDG. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember the exact brand, but it was. Like, I'm sure it was garbage beer because it like disappeared from the market very quickly. But we didn't know. You know, didn't know any better, and I'm sure it was much better, like in a 90 degree, sitting under the floor of a 90 degree attic for like weeks at a time. But <laughs> um, so we would drink it, and then we'd ha- we had it there, and we pull it out when we drank. It was like, oh, we take a little sips, and like pass it over. <laughs> and uh, but my friend Chris was, <laughs> he was a little more hardcore than the rest of us, and he would like drop acid while we were playing <laughs> and so, uh, a, a little like, more a little hard, more hard. <laughs> where are the parents so he Colorado he was on acid one time he came up we were playing and he like he was like kind of like wandering on the attic and he found the box of Christmas decorations and like while we were playing he started stringing up the Christmas lights everywhere <laughs> and we're like looking at him he's just like just keep going <laughs> and, like, everywhere. and they stayed up and it was awesome and very we were, stranger things we were so excited because like when he was done you know the movie platoon had just come out like that summer and we were obsessed with it and we're like wow it looks just like the bunker in platoon this is so awesome it's like that's like that was something to aspire to like, you know, like, like, platoon. but uh but we so i was drinking the beer it was a, right on the table and Chris went down and he had some suspicious behavior because he was high. And my mom like followed him up. He's like, hey, are you guys doing anything up here? You, I, I, Chris, I, oh, that was, I smelled beer on Chris's breath. He said that his parents let him drink beer at home and that's where he drank it. But are you drinking beer up here? And we're like, no, no. And it's just like, all right, well, look, if I find out you're drinking beer, like it is over, buddies. Like that is it. It's like, I'm watching like a hog. I mean, there is a bottle of beer sitting right in front of me in full view. And either she willfully ignored it or she just like was not able to see it. Well, and, she had uh, also never heard of that ridiculous brand of that beer. Was yeah, yeah, it's like, well, I don't. That's not beer. That's garbage. But if you have any actual beer up here, I will be so angry. But, uh, but I was thinking about that this morning. <laughs> the the reason I bring this up is because, and I've said this before, one of my favorite parts of playing as a kid because he would just my GM would just draw the map. There were no grids. He would just draw it with pen and paper. He had paper. We had papers all over the place um and i really felt like you could do anything that was my favorite part of the game the reason i got back into it when joe uh got me hooked again uh and this to me skier guard is a perfect example of you the players can do literally anything you want and i've got to find a way uh both what the book has given me and in my own uh creative mind to come up with solutions for the problems you put out there on the table so i'm sure you've had a week now to look at this map uh i don't know if you guys have talked with each other i don't think you have um and i like that i thought about like having you guys talk before we did this off air but i'm like well that's no fun i want to hear the process uh you guys have done your own research of looking at this map so talk to each other talk to me where do you go from here well i mean i think i think i mentioned uh, hopefully people have had the chance to look at this. Really, I mean, this might be my favorite piece of Pathfinder art. Yep, it's mine. I, yeah. In it's, a week, it's become mine. Yep. It really does look like Happy Holidays. Like they could put Happy Holidays across the top of this thing, and I would be fine mailing it out with a letter every year. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's uh, greetings from Skier Guard. It's <laughs> so great. But, uh, but I, there's, there's this copse of trees um, in the upper right-hand corner of the area 
overlooking what looks like fields being tilled. Um, Either like that a, or it's like an amphitheater. Yeah, that's what, but if you look closely, Matthew, I think you'll see little tiny people working the fields. Listen, Skate, I'm just hoping the Giants have a theater culture. That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> Why are you shitting on my dreams? We all desperately want that, but I'm just saying we have to be it's realistic. And this is a perfect example. This is another piece of this map that I did not see. <laughs> and I have been looking at it for days. It's like Where's Waldo or something. Well, it reminds me of uh, the landscape of the Fall of Icarus, the Peter Bruegel the Elder painting. If exactly. There are any art heads out there. God, thanks like for got, uh, at, robbing me of my revelation. Of so sorry. I also. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, but. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's interesting. The, the, the tiered. Uh, production fields like that you know that you you do on these mountainsides i mean this is reminiscent of the andes i mean this is how like the the incas and stuff farmed it's like those tiered levels uh because they had to they just had to do it on the mountainside and it's so weird it's all surrounded by snow but then there's enough green in there to i guess to produce food for these armies yeah Um, I i think the food part is a crucial uh, part of this whole siege and that's why i'm trying to look at their inroads and outroads and finding ways to disrupt that travel to maybe cut off their food supplies yeah um, i mean that's going to be key but i think one of the virtues of skids plan is that we can sit up there for a little while and just gather knowledge of all of their movements where right. their food comes from where their supply lines are what their what their the guard you know the guard patterns are so i'm with i'm with you on that skid yeah i was thinking so i was saying like we should sneak in uh, you know, and our various methods of doing so, set up a camp inside that copse of trees overlooking that field and just kind of work our way outwards from there. Just like start by investigating what's closest and just keep moving out. So. But I mean, that copse of trees is farther into the camp from, I assume, the southern part of the image is where we would be coming from. Right, where that mammoth, where that giant riding a mammoth is. Yeah, that's so that cops... Now, mind you, this is... Uh, Feyraza went up there, came back, and is giving you this description, basically. So when you guys come up there, you'll be coming up from the south. Right now, you're still at your base camp. Right. Well, so I- on the other side, the cops is farther up the mountainside. We would need to know what's on the other side of that. Like, is that scalable behind it? Or do we have to walk through the camp to get to it? Well, there's another way, a magical way. Skid can teleport. Not yet. Not yet? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Great idea. I got to level up first. I plan to teleport, but uh, not yet. Go kill some more frogs. Yeah, let's just, go, <laughs> yeah, let's just the grass level for up in the forest. And, uh... <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> Hmm. No, I mean we would have to we would have to sneak in past your guards, but um, once we once we're in, we're in. It's just like it's not. There's nowhere closer that's much closer that would be past the guard towers. Yeah, I, I mean that's that place might be a little too far to get to easily, but it might also be easily the best vantage to see everything. So yeah, it's a good spot. Well, I mean. You've I got, can. You've got here. Just see one, two, three. It looks like eleven watchtowers spaced throughout the village, um, hmm. all precariously placed. So, I, I, I Lork definitely wants to do recon just on the outer rim. Uh, the the watchtowers that are watching the road in and out and stuff. I mean, for at least a couple days. 
straight just to get a sense of how many guards are in the watchtowers, when they change shifts, uh, and who's coming in and out. Uh, If we get some answers there, it might be easier to sneak past and just get over to the, you know, to a copse of trees like that to set up a camp. Yeah, and I think knowing when they're unmanned is is crucial because I'm thinking back to being on the Chelish Devil when someone could be in the crow's nest as a lookout and they got a circumstance bonus to their perception checks for what's out there. I imagine that same mechanic is going to be in effect or something similar for the watchtowers. For those in the watchtower. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the days, huh? (laughs) <laughs> uh, stable mucking <laughs> well, sorry I could also cast fly twice so I could for example cast it on Pembroke myself and Baron uh, we could fly around the back of the mountain come into the trees that way for Isaac and wild shape into something and then Lorik or you, your stealth is high enough that you might be able to just get in on your own it's I true. can also give you airwalk oh there mm-hmm. you go and if, if, if Pembroke has the ability to make you invisible, you could just walk up. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, well, if you look at that, the central watchtower that's furthest down the mountain to the south, there's one in the middle that looks like it's overlooking uh, the, the training of troops and kind of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look slightly down into the left of that, there's a couple large trees. Um, I wonder if, if Lork was able to sneak up there and climb one of those trees, oh, yeah. he could just sit in a tree for eight hours. Just remember, you're not green anymore, so they're going to see you in that tree. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that he could hide in that tree and not, and not be seen by these giants. And look at who, like the training and the, the one watchtower. Are you referring to the trees that are directly behind the targets of all the archers? <laughs> it's a little... Uh, well, you know, you got to look at it to scale, Matthew. <laughs> a stray shot would present an issue. Or if they saw you, Possibly. you have 60 archers <laughs> aiming their bow. Time to go logging. <laughs> that tree right there. Right. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> no, it's Jasmine's cousin. Don't cut him down. <laughs> It'd be like the end of a Quantum Leap episode. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I love Quantum Leap. (laughs) Me too, buddy. Me too. (laughs) Old Dean Um, Stockwell. I I mean, I I fully support you scouting ahead, at least a little bit. But I um, love the idea of us coming from different angles at it. Yeah. Like Skid's plan coming up. That would be fun. But it is splitting the party. The other concern I have, this being a high enough level in the game, fourth book, is I'm wondering... There's got to be some creatures in there that are like really magical or high level that might be able to see through some of our subterfuge. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a calculated risk and we, one we have to take. Yep. And don't forget, uh, and Faraz can tell you this, once you get up there, you're going to have to deal with cold and altitude. So prepare yourselves accordingly if you can. Um, for every hour, you will have to roll against those two things. Does the – Cold can give you non-lethal damage. Altitude can make you fatigued. Does the spike are what, what's the, what's our shelters? What's it called? The spike hut. Does it provide any um, cover cover from the elements? It's just an illusion. Yeah. So, it so there's no shelter whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. But we could, you know, pitch a tent or whatever we whatever we would normally do inside. I'm pitching a tent right now. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just excited. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, okay. I'm a little fired up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, we could definitely fashion a crude shelter and uh, put the spike over it or something. But, yeah, okay. So what do you, how do we want to start? Do you want to, if you're going to go, 
observe, Faraza will volunteer to keep an eye on you from the sky okay. in case something goes wrong. Aerial cover? I feel like it will. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Um, I think Lork would love to get up there and climb a tree and watch uh, the, the watchtower that's overlooking the, um, the entrance road and, and the training camps just to kind of see what kind of giants are training, who's training them. What weapons are they using? Are you talking like these trees right here near yep. the down the bottom? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, doing, yeah, you're going to get a good view of the watchtower and the lower camp, at least. Right. And that's that's what I'm looking for. And I think if he's able to get up and in the tree and s- just slowly climb it, I don't think anybody's going to see him. These are these look like thick pines. I think he'll be he'll be all right. It might be tough to climb, mm-hmm. might get a little sappy, but yeah. Um, all right. So you're going to make your way up the mountain with uh, Arctic Turin at your back. What's your climb, Joe? Um, I didn't think about that, Matthew. <laughs> Neither did I. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> Damn I'm, it, Matthew. I'm going to buff you. <laughs> uh, my climb. Just rolled a natural 20, by the way. I'm going to keep that for my first perception. My, my no. Lord. no. <laughs> Fast. I just have to get these rolls out of the way, because I'll forget. Oh, what about Cat Benatar? He's got to leave her back behind. Probably should just tell kill her, her and throw her off Stay. Stay. <laughs> Give her to the Stay, Cat. Give her back to the Borello. <laughs> yeah. Just put dangerous. in a call to the Borello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's your cat. It's like returning a foster animal. It's like, I don't think I can take care of this. You were right. I'm not ready. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Uh, his climb is plus nine, so he's going to be fine climbing a tree. Climbing a tree. Yeah, that has handholds and whatnot. I think that's DC right. 10, so okay. you're fine. Because I can give you certain grip for 10 minutes a level. I don't think it's necessary. Certain it should grip. be DC 5. I mean, if climbing a rope is DC 5. I love all these druid spells. Certain I grip. <laughs> the one I was just looking at before, by the way, is climbing beanstalk. Where you basically plant a beanstalk and it instantly grows. And you can, it's an easy, a DC five climb check. Climb huh. the beanstalk. Wow! I'm just well, think, yeah. thinking of Super Mario levels now, where the beanstalk comes up and you climb up the All right, so you're gonna head up the mountain with your little yep. Arctic turn friend following you. Yes, I'm going as an owl. Thank oh, you very as much. As an owl, and I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna uh, bring Cat Benatar, but I'm just gonna tell her to stay like. Kind of nearby and just sort of alert me <laughs> if anything Such goes a wrong. Dumb, dumb idea, <laughs> dude. She's very stuck. Are you really bringing Cat Benatar with yeah. you? Yeah, she gonna climb the tree with you no, as well? No, no, gonna stay like like far away from me, but near enough to come over and alert me if there's trouble. So okay. you're you're going to stealth into a, a camp covered in white snow with a black leopard. I love it. You want to build a time machine? He's also going to—he's going to put himself right in front of sixty archers. (laughs) You want to build a time machine (laughs) out of a DeLorean? (laughs) I think he can do it. I think he can do it. All right. Very dumb. Uh, okay. <laughs> Troy, so, yeah, Troy thinks he can do it. Troy wants him to do it. <laughs> sure. My favorite thing is killing your animal companions. Don't <laughs> kill her before we figure out what kind of stupid personality quirks That's she has. Yeah. We haven't, quite we haven't figured, figured it out, out yet. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Remember, you begin heading up there with this little owl. Who? Who? Who's going to be the first to die? <laughs> and uh, one hour passes, getting a little colder, starting to feel a little uh, a little lightheaded. Two hour passes, right around the hour three mark, you know you are approaching the camp, and I'm going to need you to roll a stealth check. Oh, shit. This is an important role. This is such an important role. Let's not let Joe do it. Uh, <laughs> I just realized the whole book hinges upon... This role. This role. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If it's only one of us, then right, just one of us solid die. Yeah. Character. <laughs> the mission can continue <laughs> just without Lork. There we go. Uh, 37. 37. 
You get up. Where's Lork? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, you could do a Where's Waldo with this uh, painting. Where's Lork? All right, so you get up there. You're fine. Cat uh, Benatar needs to roll a stealth check as well, unless you are leaving her behind. Um, all right, I'll leave her behind. I just meant like she's not going as close to the sure, camps sure, sure. as I am. When at I say all. leave behind, it might be like another copse of trees, right? Uh, an hour away or half an hour away. Or yeah, something like yeah, that. something like that. Like you guys have a divine sh- connection. If you want her to come, she'll come. Yeah. All right, so you are able to get to the tree that you wanted to get to, but now if you're looking at this, you're on a lower plateau here, so you actually can't see shit until you climb this tree. But once you climb this tree, if you are able to. You will have a pretty good vantage point on everything that's going on. However, I need you to roll first a save against the cold because it's a solid 38 degrees up here. That's right. That's right. Okay. And what is your uh, bonus for this roll? Uh, my bonus is 15. Okay. So as long as you don't roll a 1 every, t- every hour, you've got 5 hours where you're going to be safe. But where it is a saving throw, a 1 mm. is an automatic fail. It goes up by 1 every hour? The one DC? every hour, yeah. Okay. First, first save on the cold. Got it. Okay. 32. Now, I need you to roll for altitude sickness. Now, part of my bonus for the cold check came from the cold weather outfit, but I, obviously I don't get that. But right. I have the endurance feat as, as a ranger, and I get a plus four to my check versus hot and cold environments. I don't know. It doesn't say anything about altitude. Yeah, but would that extend to altitude? I don't think so. Pathfinder's pretty good about uh, saying what they mean. Saying what they mean. And it's, it's funny. Like You know how each feat tells you what the feat is, and then it tells you what it's normal without the feat? Yeah, yeah. The thing it focuses on is that you don't get fatigued when you sleep in heavy armor. You know what I mean? Plus, there's a feat called altitude affinity, which endurance is a prereq for, which gives you a plus oh. two bonus against survival in that altitude. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, it's um, definitely no. Okay. Uh, so what's then, that? altitude affinity. Yeah, I have. I have that. You do? Yep. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're a dirty liar. <laughs> I took it. I sure Pembroke did. grew up oh, in the mountains. Eighth level wizards get that. That's as right. A it's a, free bonus. Um, free, okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I think looking at this, <laughs> ju- just looking at the numbers, that that goes down. My plus fifteen becomes a plus six against Ooh. altitude. So he's almost certainly going to fail that. This is why I brought prepared life bubble, and then I just forgot to give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) How long does that last? Hours, right? Hours. (laughs) Hours. Matthew forgot. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, I mean, odds are you're going to fail this at some point, but let's see if you're going to be fatigued the first hour, because it will affect your climb jack. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Crap. Okay. Roll, uh, DC roll. 15 with a plus six. Fail. Fail. Okay, so you are <laughs> fatigued. Oh, he is fatigued no. already. You can't run. You can't charge. Minus two to strength and dex for, I think, for checks. It's so awesome. I feel like Lork has, he's been here before. He's done this. He's gone through this. He, he might have acclimated in the past. And he's like, oh, I forgot how tough it is without the... The thin air. It's also your new body. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's like, not. It doesn't have as high constitution. It's not as hardy. Yeah, that's not just a check. That's a minus two penalty to strength and dex. It takes eight hours to remove that. Oh my god, that gave me a minus four to my stealth. Oh, you want to know the bonus? Because you can't. It's probably you suddenly became encumbered. Oh, that's right. Uh, now you don't have to roll altitude anymore while you're up here. Oh, nice. You're great. welcome. <laughs> great. <laughs> you're a, welcome. What a what a treat. Well, I'll tell you what's great is it has no effect on my. Uh, on my perception. Okay. But it does affect my climb greatly. Well, climb that tree, buddy. 
What's the DC? It's DC five, right? Uh, DC five for uh, with handholds. Yeah, probably DC five. Uh, okay, before, I got I a twenty. All right, you're fine. All right, so he he up slowly climbs up this tree to a to a a height at which he could perceive these giants. What do you want to say? Okay, so I mainly want to look at the watchtower that's overlooking the path up to the front, mm-hmm. uh, to the entrance to the city. There doesn't look like a great city wall or city gate or no, anything no, like no. that. There it's is like a main a main ish road, but there's there's like three roads that kind of converge into one. Yeah, and I think for the most part, it seems like their defense is just watchtowers. There's no wall built. I think it's because they're like, who's going to come all the way up here and then mess with us right, take when we're on higher ground? Army of what giants. moron right. would... Fly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, so Lord's going to climb up this tree. Maybe a magical elf will climb a tree and look at us doing whatever we're doing. <laughs> that happened at the board yeah, meeting. Yeah. It's like, will you get out of here? That guy's fired. <laughs> a magical <laughs> elf. That'll never happen. All these- you paid me to think about the things that we couldn't think of. <laughs> I use words like synergy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so you're up the tree. You want to look at the watchtower. You want to look at the groups of people. I can tell you right now, the camps, you're going you're gonna to have to watch that for a few hours if you want to gain intel on that. I intend of... to be up here eight hours minimum. All right. Lork, Lork is going to plant himself like a hunter in a tree and just sit and watch for most of the day. Let's talk about the watchtower. Okay. Oh, so what's th- happening all along it? Oh oh, 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 there's the title. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this solitary watchtower, you see there are a number of them, almost a dozen, is enormous by human standards. Uh, it consists of a wooden hexagonal platform supported by six poles, each the size of a large tree. A large hut sits on top of the platform. Underneath, there is a sloping ramp that becomes a staircase that climbs right into the center of the tower, into the hut. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Platform, hexagonal. I said hexagonal. I meant hexagonal. <laughs> Six poles, a ramp that leads to a staircase that leads into the hut, but there is also a platform around the hut. And on that platform, you see... A frost giant. Oh, I was hoping they'd have the scrubs in the watchtower. <laughs> One single frost giant is all you see for the, you know, the first hour of you watching. If you're just keeping intently, like going back there, you never see a second one. Sometimes he'll go inside of the hut. Sometimes he'll come outside of the hut. And he just keeps watch up there. He'll go around and around. You are up high enough to see that on the railing, that supports the platform, uh-huh. there is something tied to it. Roll a perception check. Oh, shit. Is it a gibbet? <laughs> Gibbets uh, and gravy. 38. Ooh. It looks to be a skyrocket. What? Ooh. What is that? What? It's a skyrocket that could be lit. And we'll fly off. Oh, oh like it's a, a flare. flare. Wow. <sighs> okay. So the whole city will know we're here. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you, this if, is... If you fall out of that tree, the whole city. This is Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So... <laughs> you make a stealth check. Does a box appear over here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to stealth up there and take him on solo? Um, <laughs> no, I'll just shoot him from here. Uh, <laughs> fire. Uh, no, so... <laughs> All right, so a skyrocket warning system, one frost giant, and for hours, he doesn't change. Shit. That's just the first hour. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's just the first hour. Need you to roll another fortitude check. 
Oh, right. Against the cold. Against the cold. DC uh, 16. Made it. Okay. On the second hour, again, just keeping a watch over there, and he seems to be by himself. In fact, if with your perception you can see the other watchtower in the camp also contains one solitary frost giant. I'm sorry, uh, by the camp you mean the uh, lower camp. Th- where the... Uh, they're training. Yeah. Okay. If you see, there's a watchtower near the lower camp. Yep, I see it. And a watchtower, actually three watchtowers around the upper camp. Oh, my gosh. Okay? But both those towers that are closest to you appear to have one single frost giant. Okay. And, and what are they armed with? Are they armed with great bows? Um, or just axes? Great axes and big-ass composite longbows. Oh. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So they're going to be able to, if they spot you, attack from range. And if you get up there, swing for the fences. Okay. So what about the the training in the camps? They're, they're training with composite longbows and, and, and axes and stuff? You see, now really focusing in on the camps, these enormous hide tents littering the landscape here. And they're erected in wavering lines and interrupted in places by large fire pits. The snow around there is all, like, mixed with mud and flattened to the ground from the heavy footfalls of this small army that is gathered here. Even in the open air, from where you're standing, it stinks. Pungent smell of unwashed bodies, all in close proximity with each other, is too strong for any breeze to diminish for more than a moment. So you're smelling it from all the way up there. Looks like there's an upper camp and a lower camp. Roll a perception check. Okay. Uh, natural one. 26. Okay. That's enough, actually. Uh, <laughs> it's DC 23. The ladder, the lower camp, now that you're studying it, it looks like it has some sort of obstacle course that appears to be a crude rendition of a human settlement. Like they're uh, training giants to tactically take down the cities of the small folk. Got it. Wow. That's the lower camp. The lower camp. Okay. And, and what giants are training? Are they all frost giants? Fro- they're frost giants. They're hill giants. They're cave giants, as well as a handful of ice trolls and even more exotic types such as cyclops and Eddins. Oh, wow. Oh, man. And they're all mixed in? in, in within? All mixed in. Obviously, any attempt to directly attack the camp when it's so populated would be certain death. Absolutely. It's sorry, Troy. It looks like there's symbols on these tents. Uh, is there any way that he could see those and maybe identify them? Yeah, maybe in, in the third hour for sure. Um, with that 20, 26 you rolled, it's not enough. Good call, though. Um, some of the tents have painted symbols on them. Oh, my God. I just noticed the caves with, like, the blood underneath the people. Like, what the hell is going on there? That's yeah. what I want to know. Yeah, there's, like, a ramp up into the cave wall, between, the, the cliff wall, and there's caves in the wall. Between the lower camp and the upper camp, there's a little ramp that leads up to four caves. cave openings. Yeah. Are they wild animals out front of it? Well, not wild, but, but just... Yeah, beasts. Looks, beasts of some kind. I can't tell what they are, though. And remember, too, the, the painting that we're looking at, like, there, there aren't, those animals aren't always there 24-7. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, <laughs> right. Don't hold me to this painting. <laughs> I regret giving it to you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there's, there's a giant on a woolly mammoth leading eight prisoners just standing outside the camp for hours and hours. <laughs> All right. 
hour three, roll another fortitude check. And you're just flying around up there. And are you safe from altitude and cold? One, that's what I was going to ask. Like, if I've wild-shaped into an animal that is na- natural to this environment, I would at least get a bonus to my, my check, right? One would think you would get some type of bonus. I'm surprised that in the description of the animal, it doesn't tell you, oh, and you also get a plus two. To well, it tells you what, what your native environment is. Sure. Oh, what is your native environment? Cold mountains. Cold mountains, yeah. That's tough. Like, you, when you take on the shape... I don't know, actually. I don't know for now. That was the term. Right, right. Do you retain those things? I, you know, I just don't know enough. I've never played a druid. Um, let, me, let me look it up while we're doing this. I, but I, to answer your question, what I think Faraz will do is fly like leisurely, in a leisurely fashion over to that copse of trees on the right side of the map, the one we were talking about making our eventual camp. Oh, way, way up top. And just kind of like scoping it out as a possible vantage point. Like just so she's like an owl to like it's in a tree. Sure. You're going to fly right over the archery range, right? That seems like a good <laughs> yeah. idea. Shoot, 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 shoot. A couple arrows come <laughs> yeah. flying at you. Um, we're going to get you to your checks in a second. L- looked up the uh, fortitude and altitude. I would assume you have to roll them, um, but you tell me. Yeah, like when you wild chip into a fish, you have to bring in the drowning mechanics and roll for that every turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh skid oh skid I'm the only one defending animals on this podcast ever you, you are know, the foremost defender you're of the druid rights. you you should pick up some of the slack here druid you know He's this right. is a good example you gave me so much shit last week uh, when he came flying over and I would, didn't want to describe the village because of dark vision but the reason I was doing that was so I could give you the sweet map the no, next I, day I, know, I figured it out you're ruining <laughs> Christmas I, for I everyone sorry <laughs> I can't get over how much I love the idea of this as a Christmas card <laughs> I'm, I'm totally invent- This should be the GCP. We definitely have our Christmas season's yeah. greetings from the GCP. Yeah. Um, all right. So while he looks that up, while Matthew looks that up, Joe, I need you to roll your third hour of. I made it. You made it. Yeah, 31. Okay. So Against you're the good. cold. So you're really looking at this camp. And what do you want to know? <clears throat> what do I want to know? Um, I'm testing the fences for weaknesses. Uh, I'm trying to see. I, I guess I also I also have somewhat of a vantage of the main road that's up into the camp. So I kind of wanted to also look at that and see if there is new things coming every, you know, this day in and out or if for a large part of the day nothing comes, you know, okay. uh, up that main road into the into the village. Sure. But let's talk about the camp itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Stop deflecting. Sorry. <laughs> it's hour three. You've been looking at this thing. What do you want to know? I want to know if there are any... Uh, spats, if there are any giants like like uh, getting into it, if they have to pull apart any fights between any giants uh, in particular, or if they're all in like complete order at all times, uh, if there's any particularly lazy ones that are getting kicked around or you know anything, or if there's uh, if they're failing at the. Uh, the, the testing ground, you know uh-huh. what I mean? If there's any particular species of giant that's I'm, failing more than others. I'm really picturing an NFL training camp when they bring, like, another team in for the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Roll a sense motive check. <clears throat> uh, natural one. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Awesome. <laughs> really awesome. Great. Yeah, you can't quite figure out. <sighs> <laughs> What's going on at the Giants? Um, you know... In terms of come on with the natural one, <laughs> two in a row, in two t- in a row. In terms of comings and goings up the main road, you see what you see on the map. You see a mammoth with a frost giant on it, um, dragging slaves behind it every once in a while. Uh, occasionally, you'll see uh, groups of giants milling about, 
There are patrols. The patrols seem to consist of Maybe trolls, some sort of trolls yeah. with wolves. Because Feyraz has and said that's something what about this. saw that. Now, the wolves are dire wolves, right? They're huge. They're big-ass wolves. In fact, <laughs> roll a perception check. Okay. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, about the wolves, right? Yes. Okay. Let's go for the record. Oh, natural seven. It almost looked like a natural oh. one. Uh, that is a total of 28. 28. Those caves between the lower camp and the upper camp, occasionally wolves will come in and out of there. Got it. Go in there and don't come back out. Oh. Huh. Really? Yes. Huh. Wow. Little wolf dens there. And there are four cave openings, and from this distance, the only thing of interest over there is it looks like one of the openings uh, is much larger than the other three. And do I see anything in particular going in or out of that? Um, Some wolves. So they go in and out the same, mm-hmm. but one of them happens to be a like large... three of them can accommodate large creatures. One could accommodate huge creatures. Oh, I got you. Okay. And there's, there seems to be, in the image at least, there's blood stains all over the snow outside. Is there... Um, are they feeding on stuff out there at times, or... You'd have to get a little closer to figure that out. Got it. <laughs> go in the caves, Joe. Go in the caves. <laughs> uh, I'm hearing you're going down to the caves. I'm just going to sneak, <laughs> you're gonna walk straight I'm gonna sneak through the training camp. Well, I want to get, clo- get closer to these symbols on the tent, so I'm just going to walk up to the tent <laughs> to look at the symbols. I'm just satisfying my curiosity. Go about your business. You're, um, you're still not 100% sure about those symbols. An appropriate sense motive check might be able to help you out with that a little more. Not a knowledge local? Hour four. Roll another check. Matthew, any uh, news on druids? I can't find anything. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking. Okay. Uh, passed. passed. On the cold. Okay. It's up now to DC 18 that time around. Hour four, I need you to roll another sense motive. Come on. Come on. Come on. Ooh. Shoot. 13. And some, something's not right down there. Yeah. It's like I just it. can't quite figure it out. It's because you're probably tired. You're tired. You're fatigued. I'm fatigued, yeah. No, oh, yeah. The, not getting as much breath with every uh, breath. He's just asleep in the as tree. <laughs> yeah, he just like passes out. <laughs> Hour five. You're sound asleep. You get nothing. You get 30, 36 points of non-lethal damage. You fall out of the tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the giants is like, that tree seems to have shit out an elf. <laughs> Kill it! <laughs> um... What about uh, at the back of the camp? There's a bunch of tents. There's a large hut with a chimney and everything. Seems like a place where uh, a, a hall of some kind. Uh, more sturdy walls, a roof. Do I see anyone or anything in particular going in, in or out of that building? That's pretty far away, but I mean, you do okay. have a, a decent vantage point. Now, don't forget that the way you're looking at this map, it's getting higher. The elevation is getting higher and higher and higher. Right. So, and so it's kind of up from my it's view. Up from your view. It's hard to see. It, it looks to be like some sort of longhouse, and there are, are um, people coming and going. But the same giants as that are in the tents. Same no particular difference. They're dressed. Uh, they're all dressed differently, but uh, yeah. Okay. Let's get over, let's check it over to Matthew here for these first four hours. So Faraza the owl flying around. Um, and then I land on a, on a tree in these cops of trees. What is the environment for an owl? Well, I, I'm pick, I'm trying to figure that out too. I okay. picked I, if there was an owl that is acclimated to cold weather, that's the one I picked. Well, how convenient is that? Well, I, I saw one and I was like, <laughs> I'll be that. All right, so you can as a druid, you can be anything you can think of. You have to be familiar with the animal. So I figured it was something she observed. And I she see. Was like, just pick some sort of cold weather bird. Okay. Well, then I, what I'm going to do is 
you like, I can't imagine they were, they had they suffered from altitude problems. I'm just imagining you <laughs> right. as a flightless <laughs> penguin right now waddling through the camp. Yeah, as you become the the animal, you you would take on its immunities and as well as its weaknesses, right? Normally, yeah, yeah. I still like, think they have to roll the fortitude save, but they get a solid bonus to right. it. Right. But on the other hand, they couldn't type forty words a minute. <laughs> so, so it's, it's a give and take. <laughs> um, all right, so roll roll a uh, fortitude save for the first hour. Roll two fortitude saves. And right. in w- what bonus am I like? Am I giving myself a my give yourself a plus ten? Okay. Okay. I DC fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. I make both. All right. Roll again for DC sixteen. Make it again. Make it. And one more. By the way, I'm beating these even without my bonus. Okay. This is the best rolling I've done all year. <laughs> uh, DC 17 this time? Uh, 18. I make it. Make it. Okay. So you guys are now on the same time. <sighs> Thrilling radio. <laughs> <laughs> roll, uh, roll that test again. again. <laughs> and one more. And one more. Uh, I, I had a question. In the f- it's Matthew's turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it's want not a it. turn. He's an owl this time. <laughs> All right. So, Matthew, you've been up there for four hours checking out what's going on. What are you interested in looking at? You see a watchtower as well. You gain the same intel that same pattern skyrocket yeah. that kind of thing. skyrocket the whole business. Okay. I'd also like to get uh, a look uh, just uh, of the area. Like, is it, do are, do I get the sense that this is a safe area to be? Like, no one really comes up here. Like, it's kind of observed by the watchtower, but that's it. You're, you're asking, is this a good place, you think, where we could camp out? Yeah. Maybe. The problem is it's very busy, mostly because of the activity around what you now realize is a slave pen. There are slave long, pen. long rows of small wooden shacks huddled together in this fenced-in yard. They're unpainted, crude structures, unfit for long-term human survival in the cold environment. It's pretty obvious to you. A few communal fire pits are scattered among the sheds. And uh, similar to what uh, Joe saw, you wouldn't know this, but the fallen snow is mixed with dirt and frozen mud, trampled down by the milling of countless feet, both small and large. You would think that these small pathetic shacks are used to house the slaves, or at least the ones that they haven't eaten yet or worked to death. Um, They're very, very small. You can't imagine this is... This is beyond the worst living conditions, especially with the cold. You can imagine how many of these slaves, they haven't acclimated, and they're just dying of freezing every single day, especially with only a couple scattered um, fire pits, small fire pits. You would say there's probably 40 to 50 human slaves here, mostly human. World perception check? 32. As far as you see, they come in ships, but there's only two frost giant guards watching the pens at any one time over these four hours. Although we can see they're, they're on that gate right at the map, on the map, like in the picture of the map. Sometimes they're on the gate. Sometimes they're wandering around the pits, keeping order um, or carrying out a dead body. Um, mm. But yeah, that is, that is the scene that you uh, take in there. Um, and that points to a sense of hubris of the giants. They're not worried about these little folk that are in the slave pens, if they are little folk. There aren't giants in the slave pens, are there? No, no, just the, the guardians. Um, sometimes they're just talking. Sometimes they're walking the yard. Or sometimes they're, like, playing games. They're, like, taking rocks 
and throwing them at makeshift targets uh, constructed from the walls of probably one of these demolished shacks. Okay. That's awful. And what was your perception check? 32. 32. Unlike the watchtower giants, these giants are equipped with man catchers instead of uh, oh, wow. battle axes. Mm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so not... Uh, a, a pretty gruesome scene. Could real be more upper. gruesome, yeah, but it's it's not not a good uh, situation. Let's talk about that statue. Yeah, appears to be some sort of shrine. There's a, a set of ancient stone stairs carved straight out of the mountain, climbing up to a hexagonal stone dais with chiseled runes barely visible from where you're standing. There's an ice sculpture depicting a giant bearded figure standing atop the dais. The sculpture's features are angular and chiseled with an inhuman, almost elemental quality about them. Jagged shards of ice form the figure's beard and hair. And if you fly, do a fly over there to like, just let me get a little closer, see if I can see more information. Every time you get over there, it just seems a little bit colder the closer you get to the statue. It's a permanent ice sculpture. (laughs) <laughs> it used to be a swan available yes. now at parties such a fancy party you know what's interesting and I don't know if this is canonical or anything but looking at the at the picture it looks like there are two giants maybe kneeling in prayer or reverence but there also seem to be humanoids like little little folk with them and I don't know if that's true or not. According to this picture, there are humans all over this place. There are, yeah. In little chunks everywhere. Yeah. But like, it looks like, I mean, they're so... They're, they're slave labor. They're yeah. doing everything. It's just it. so strange that they would put humans with these giants, like, worshiping at the statue. Unless they're sacrifices. Well, maybe. But they look like they're lined up next to them. It's just, it's, it's almost like they're praying together. But, you know, I don't know. In terms of the other structure, so this will be the end of your four hours to really taking the time to observe all this stuff. Uh, it's another longhouse. You can see the one. You have a better vantage point than um, Lork to see that one to the, towards the north of the camp that's very, very big. This is a smaller longhouse. Pretty large wooden structure, though. A peaked roof. And obviously there's another watchtower uh, overlooking that. You don't really see anything come or go from there, though. Cool. Ominous. Ominously quiet. Hmm. Too quiet. Too quiet. Perhaps a little too quiet. Can I ask you a question now? Now you may go. Uh, are there any humans supporting, as slave labor, the, the watchtower in front of me? There's a tent. There's a cook fire, it looks like, in front of the watchtower. Supporting, you mean like holding it up? No, like like working, <laughs> like, like like working the fire, keeping it going, serving the giant food, anything like that. That's in the watchtower. Uh, no. So no. that that giant is solo. That giant is solo. Um, yeah, it's still darkness has not come yet. Um, I'm assuming you're going to stay until it gets dark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hour five. You guys roll your checks. This is a DC 19 now. Made it. Natty 20. Natty, natty 19. So. Both of them were natty 20s, man? Well, my rolling altitude as a bird. Oh, okay. 
right. If you want me to, if you say, no, no. if you say yes, the I, less I would. of these checks we have to roll, the better. <laughs> well, if you say fine. yes, I'll just cast life bubble. No, no, I would have cast yeah, yeah. life bubble. You're going to want to use that on the other guys. All right, so you're fine, uh, O'Brien. Yeah. Okay. Roll another sense motive. See if you can figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, here. I'm just watching these giants trying to figure out something is up. Come on. <laughs> Seventeen. Just keep chipping away. Okay. <laughs> so you're watching and even watching now for f- close to five hours, just trying to figure out what the hell is going on here. You must be getting a little hungry. Yeah, well, I have a cliff bar. Oh, yeah. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. I stopped at REI. Let me see I... your character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty apparent that tempers run high in the camp, as you assumed. But the frost giants that oversee everything pretty ruthlessly suppress any overt violence. Even so, having watched this as long as you have, and you know that you're way outnumbered, you feel like it wouldn't take much to start a brawl or even a riot. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we just gotta make one of those, we just gotta make the Ettons think the Hill Giants did something. Yeah. And in reference to the um tents that have these symbols you would think that like these are the maybe the original tribes of these people coming to join under one banner and so they're separated by camp so they don't kill each other in the night but uh, ultimately they're all going to be under the banner of Skirkatla or the Storm King himself right right all right, so can I take note while I'm here of like which tents are being used by which species of giants? Sure, you can. You just have that information yeah. from, from ours. So for future reference, we can maybe use it against them. All right. Can I check out the the um, the aspirational Acropolis? It's not an Acropolis at all. The uh, aspirational <laughs> amphitheater. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> either the, the theater, which is probably it's a farm. either a farm or a theater. Okay, which uh, or both? Where or on both. the map are you talking? Are you flying somewhere else now? No, I'm still in the same trees. It's right in the below, same areas, just like right? directly below those trees. It's the tilled rows, tilled rows in the house with the chimney. I just realized I'm gonna have to unwild shape if we're staying there for eight hours. Oh. Then maybe maybe Faraz will, will like plan to light out at seven hours so she can get a little ways down and reset. Wow, I've never come to the end of a wild shape time <laughs> limit before and been like, oh crap, I'm still in dangerous territory. So in terms of the fields, you don't see anything out of the ordinary. You just see slaves tilling the fields. Um, they're probably trying to uh, just provide more food. So but it is a food source. Working. Yeah, food source. The building itself, from the outside, um, it appears to be some sort of barn or warehouse its pitched roof rises about 40 feet above the ground. Um, you, from your vantage point, you see oversized double doors, which are obviously sized for giants, um, and an exterior flight of stairs that runs along the north side of the building, which would be the side that you're uh, looking down from because you're above it, you know what I mean? Uh, and there's smoke coming out of the chimney. So you think barn, warehouse, something is being made in there. Mm-hmm. A foundry or something. Is there... It looks like there's two... They look like they might be frozen lakes or ponds, and it looks like that 
that barn or foundry or whatever it is is on a frozen lake from the from the painting. Yeah, and there's another uh, building to the left of that or uh, west of that that is like on another frozen lake with docks, with, like docks that go sticking out, out of the it. Lake. Yeah, um, that one looks like. Well, no, I was say, I was going to say like it looks almost like sized for humans, but that might be. So if you if you see that as well, and you're wondering why why would it, there's plenty of places they could have built this building? Why did they build it on a lake? Maybe they need the water for some reason, mm. or whatever they're producing inside. They're ice fishing. Yeah, that was my first fishing. thought. Um, um, so I, I mean, I'm I wonder if we if we want to sa- sabotage their food supply, if we burn those fields and make and make it look like. Like if we start a riot and burn the fields while you know and blame it on one race or something, so we can cut off their food supply and yeah. so discontent. Yeah, burn in. There seem to be two symbols on those tents, so burn one of those symbols on there. Mm. There's two different things. Maybe we can figure out what their sigil is. Yeah, be like a sweet corn field thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Faraza, I just was saying, is going to have to unwild shape. So I think she's not going to be able to stick around for she's eight. She's going to get out of here. So after you know five or six hours, she's going to head back down. And halfway while you're flying back you fall out of wild shape, fall from the sky and die. <laughs> <laughs> you said that so seriously. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> you uh, fall down the mountain. <laughs> no one ever hears from you again. <laughs> All right, so you're going to take off, and you wanted to look at those center pits on your way up? Yeah, let's do a flyby. Okay. Um, whatever the, you know, the elevation of this place is, uh, it's been hollowed out to form this plateau that's low to the ground with caves leading deeper into the mountain. There's a series of slope ledges which wind around to the bottom, so it provides this sort of path to get to the bottom where the depression is flat and level. The (laughs) curvature of the rock walls itself lends to the appearance of a natural arena. At the bottom, several large caves open into the northern rock wall. Across from the caves on the southeast side are a series of, like, wooden dummies. And around the basin's rim, there are small piles of round boulders. Roll a perception check. 39. So you're flying over. You obviously don't want to make uh, too much notice of yourself, but you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. You see two stone giants. And one stone giant is just taking boulders and throwing them at the wooden target dummies. And you'll see them miss, miss, and then hit, and they splinter all over the place. (laughs) While you're flying over, the second stone giant comes around that circular pathway leading to the bottom of the basin, dragging a human with him. He ties him to one of the broken-down wooden dummies... And they begin taking target practice. Oh, my God. One hits the human, and the human basically explodes. Oh. oh. And oh. you see, that's not the first time they've done this. That's, oh. that's terrible. And you go back towards camp. Are these cranes of any note? Cranes outside of the cave openings? I see them sitting on kind of the winding path. They're along right. the rim. They're, they're all on the rim. These, uh, some or maybe they're wrecking balls of some kind. Yeah, you would think, since this is clearly not a natural depression in the um, mountain, that maybe it was used either to create this basin, or it has to do with something they're digging into the walls for. Got it. Are they... 
Pembroke, are they carrying anything out with them? <laughs> are they carrying anything out with them? You don't see this. They're just these two stone giants are just um, goofing off. But in general, like, is it? Are they mining something? Are they carrying anything? In the time that um, uh, Feyraza is there, you don't see anything coming and going. All right. So maybe it's already been mined, or maybe it's just an off day. See, we've had the tomb underneath Trunau. We've had the Vault of Thorns. Uh, yep. We've had Nargrim Steelhand. I'm wondering if this is a point of interest where they're trying to get another artifact. The heart of the mountain. Yeah. There's something yeah. in here the that Volstice needs. You guys are going to have to listen to this episode again like ten times. <laughs> yeah. I know, really. <laughs> so much information. There's so much here. It's like an entire adventure's worth concentrated in one area. Feyraza flies by Lorca. She probably told you before. Yeah, like, this is my I can't time stay right as now. long as you. Um, an owl flies by and poops on you. <laughs> <laughs> he looks down, smiles. Must be Feyraza. <laughs> uh, Lork, roll a fortitude check. Okay. Uh, oh, fail. Oh, no. 18. All right. You take six points of non-lethal damage. Max. Max damage of non-lethal. Would you expect anything less? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. By now, it's dark. So, yeah, he starts being like, oh, my God, it's getting really cold up Frostbite here. Frostbite's starting yeah. to set in. As the sun's going down. It's getting cold. Yeah, sun goes down. Now, now it's dark. You're not strong enough for this. Maybe it's dropped to, like, 32, 29. Um... Roll a knowledge local. Uh, is it is it regarding the giants? It is indeed. I don't know if you get a bonus to that. Just it's probably always regarding the giants. <laughs> <laughs> Natural twenty. Oh, twenty-seven. Wow. This is a very important piece of information you're about to get. Oh, that shit! Yes. How you use it is up to you. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell Skid. He'll use it much better. Than I will. <laughs> we'll misuse it. As it gets dark and your watch is ending. You see the giant descend from the watchtower, leaving it, you would think, unmanned, unless there is someone or something inside of the hut. You think to yourself, why the hell would this giant leave there? Maybe there is something in there. But then you realize maybe it's because frost giants don't have dark vision. Oh. That is a big piece of information. Wow. And the giant descends and goes back into the camp. Well, there's a tent at the base of the watchtower. There is. Is it unused right now? Right now it is. Okay. So maybe that giant will come back to that camp later? Or maybe maybe, or maybe a, a dark vision giant is asleep in that camp, in that tent right now and going to wake up and come to work? A lot of different things could happen. Well, I want to stay for a little bit and see how long this tower is unmanned. Okay. Next hour, roll another <clears throat> check. DC 21. <sighs> Made it. Okay. 27. Steeled yourself against the cold. <laughs> At this hour, all the giants start lining up in two lines, two long lines between the camps. In height order, I assume? All in order of height. <laughs> Small to tall. <laughs> They're picking basketball teams. <laughs> Hill Giant's like, oh, I always get picked last. <laughs> Stone Giants are sick point guards. Yeah. <laughs> get your heads in the game. <laughs> you, <laughs> Even though your view on the 
upper camp isn't as good, obviously, as the view on the lower because of your position and your proximity to the lower camp. You can obviously see that both of these lines are lining up outside of the building to the west of the upper camp, right up against the rest of the mountain. You know, Mm -hmm. the upper camp and the lower camp are on the westernmost side of this, but there's a building outside of the lower camp which you don't know what's going on there. Yeah. There's a building outside of the upper camp, and that's where these two lines are forming. Okay. And hmm. giants will come Muster. up, get something, and then walk it's away. Food. Or it's Next the mess hall. Mess, mess hall. mess hall. Probably a mess hall. Okay. So that's where their food is. Mmm. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, if we could poison, poison. their food. Yeah. Now, we're not going to have like fancy death poisons, but like to sicken them just to get them like sick. I still have that medium spider venom from like episode two. Oh, oh my man. god. <laughs> Time to use it. Oh, Chekhov's gun. We, yeah. can, <laughs> we can get a minus one dex to one of those giants. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the camp's ready to fall. <laughs> Attack! They've taken the spider venom. <laughs> <laughs> Three rounds later, I'll throw you dead. <laughs> Guys, I feel a little off. I don't know what it is. What the hell was that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a slight stomach ache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the last hour of your watch, roll another uh, four or two check. Okay. Uh, crack die. Sure it is. Uh, that is a 29. 29. So you're fine. On the last hour of your check, you now see that no one has reoccupied that tower. So it's unoccupied at night. Wow. Really? At least right now, they're not on high alert. There's no reason to ah. occupy them. Yeah, so we really don't want to get them on high alert. We have right. to be very careful we gotta be, about that. Uh, cautious. As much as this camp, and now Faraz and Lork have spent enough time uh, watching it, is condensed in this area, it is still very spread out. What happens in one section of the camp may take a while for that news to reach the other side of the camp. However, those watchtowers make things so much more difficult because during the day, as far as you know right now, they are uh, manned. Now, what about the ones in the, the lower camp and upper camp, the watchtowers? Did the frost giants also leave those? Same thing. Yeah, at night. I have an idea. Okay, cool. And now it's time for you to climb down, which yeah. you can do automatically, and make <laughs> your way back. Okay. So it's very late at night when you return to the camp because it takes you another, another three, three hours, hours of hiking down so you reunite with Cat Benatar three hours up eight hours in the tree three hours back down 14 hours Lork's been gone it's gotta be tough for those of us who stayed behind because they're like oh maybe they're dead yeah. right? <laughs> how long are we supposed to wait yeah <laughs> if I'm not back just wait longer yeah I mean I know uh, they say by the mechanics it's just eight hours uh, uninterrupted rest but like you would just think it would take, you know, like another day down to like reacclimate and then go back up and start to get the process again. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you do that 30 times and you're not going to have to roll on it anymore. But we just have to wait till we get to that. But also with the cold, like we can't light a fire or anything either. Totally. Sure. Coming back and just, yeah. So you, you come back, you, you relay all of this information. Do you have an idea for them? Does Feyraza have an idea based on your knowledge? I, I, I mean, you guys, I would assume Lork and Feyraza start swapping stories. What you yeah, see up there, yeah. what you see up there. I have one very minor idea that just occurred to me at the end there, which was uh, I was almost ready when there was nobody in that watchtower. I was almost ready to jump out of the tree and just, like, go to the watchtower. But uh, I didn't want to be too foolish, especially being fatigued. I wondered if we could plan it so that 
uh, Lord could do the same thing again. Watch again. But then towards sundown, plan it so you guys rest, you know, during the day and then come up, right, at sundown. Yeah, right when, at dusk. When, yeah, when the, the watchtower is empty. And then just one little minor idea. I thought it would be neat for Baron to go for us to go up to the watchtower with Baron, sneak up to the front watchtower and have, obviously we could learn more information right in there, but to have you do your like dwarfish engineering and uh, uh, sabotage sabotage the sky rocket so that it sits there and it looks completely intact, but when he hits it to light it or to fire it off, like nothing happens. No good. I'm glad we had a whole hour of Joe in a tree and then dragging my character into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the other let me me control myself. Thank you. (laughs) The other thing we could do is sabotage the tower, like the, the the the. engineering equivalent of like sawing a leg so that when like when a giant goes up it that was my idea the first time i saw it i'd love for those towers to fall well the only problem is that like sawing it it's i mean uh, who knows what their intelligence is but i can it warp be- it magically okay uh. we could also set off a rocket in a wrong part of the camp and then do our business in that area totally. yeah, that might too. be the best one because i don't think they're signaling to any other camps i think this place is so big that that's how they get people to they're go signaling to all corners of the time. camp now another yeah. thing to think about is as you formulate your plans you have to think not only what our first plan is but what, what are you going to do if that plan succeeds and then what's the next step and then what's the next step before we get to get the hell back down the mountain again we right. playing so chess gotta, here you've got to plan three moves ahead wow so yeah, sabotage tower, sabotage skyrocket, sky kill the giant—all possible options. But then what? By the way, it's really sad that Gormley is dead because there's a witch spell called Putrefy Food and Drink. It's Ooh. a level zero spell. If we could get into that into their their warehouse, you could just spend the whole day just like poisoning all. <laughs> I love when a cantrip has value like in book yeah. four. Yeah, <laughs> my idea. But she's dead. My, an, an, she's dead. Another idea I had surrounding <laughs> low level spells was when you brought up that they are not getting along in that camp. Could something that's just like a level zero spell for Pembroke, like ghost sound, could he have like the sound of someone saying something terrible about another camp of giants and start a fight and they're just so dumb they don't know that it came from a magical source? Possibly. I mean, you would think there's probably innumerable ways to come up with, you know, creative solutions to starting a fight. Um, But what's going to be key is it should either be well staged, fast, or both. Yeah. Uh, so that the source of the trouble can't be traced back to you. Right. Can't be traced back to sabotage. That's the main thing. Because then right. they'll go on high alert. <clears throat> so you rest. Rest, yeah. You get your fatigue goes away. Um, however, I need to roll a D100. Rando and Kondo. We'll see you next week. Oh, oh no! No! Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> he didn't know what to do! <laughs> oh, oh, my God. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.
welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale, it's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to Counterclock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.